0: Hey everyone, Tanner here, recording from my car, counting traffic in Hinton right now. And uh, what you're about to hear is the first of three live episodes we did. uh, The first weekend of June, just recently, at the Bethel Bible Camp College and Career Retreat. It's a little bit longer because we didn't want to edit out too much. We wanted to give you the experience of what it was like being there. I hope you enjoy and take something away from it. Bye. Bye.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's a part of it! You hear it? It's there. I can't do the other part. You can sing it. Oh, do it with your voice. <laughs>
0: There's a voice at the end that says, cool. Nailed (laughs) it. (laughs) Cool. Woo! Welcome to the Desire and Brethren podcast. (laughs) Woo! This is psychedelic. So, we are live from the heartland of the Desire and Brethren podcast, (laughs) the brethren center of the world. (laughs) Bethel (laughs) Bible Camp! Yeah!
1: (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Dave, you like that? Oh,
2: well, it's a bit north of the heartland, but...
0: <laughs> Edmonton, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we just want to acknowledge this is weird for you guys, hmm. but it's also weird for us, because mm-hmm. this is weird. So, what we do, we decide a few months ago, let's meet once a week, and let's just talk about stuff. So, we were like, what do we have in common? Well, we're all brethren. So, it's going to be desiring <laughs> brethren, and that's what it is. And we like to talk about mostly trivial things that don't actually matter because we're not qualified to talk about <laughs> serious things, but also because I think when you look, thic- look at little things, mm. you actually reveal a lot about how you think about big things. Uh, so we do things like coffee. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about missionary dating, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Learned some things about Jackson. Yeah. I can't unhear. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and that's the other thing we don't have an edit anymore right. <laughs> like because it's live so there's things that we might say that are wrong or you know <laughs> silly or stupid and we can't just edit it out like we usually do so i hope you have a lot of grace for mm-hmm. us but yeah we so we're going to talk about a little bit more serious things here but we always we want you to have a good time but we do want you to take something away so if you're taking notes great if you're not just think a chew through. This is a discussion. This is not a sermon. This is not pre-scripted. I don't know their opinions on these things we're going to talk about. We're going to discuss it. So sometimes we might have a really hard question where we all go, Mm. I don't know. And that's going to be the answer. And Mm. maybe you're not used to hearing that from the pulpit. I don't know. But I think it's a healthy practice and maybe you can chew on it. Mm. So let's start. Oh, right. So the Desire Brethren, why do we pick that name? There's a couple reasons, some more obscure than others. One reason you guys probably guessed: we want you to be brethren. <laughs> we 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 desire that from all of you, and we realize there are some faces in this room mm-hmm. that are not brethren. Mm-hmm. Everybody step. Stand- no, I'm, joking. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna poke, poke you. Up. But uh, also, there's a dual meeting there where we kind of want you to like desire brethren. As if we want you to marry someone who's brethren. <laughs> and that's the reality of it. So because of that, I was like, how do we get them to become brethren themselves and also marry brethren? So I actually planned something I did not tell you guys. You cool with that?
1: Yeah, y- you cool. do a lot of things without our permission. No All good, uh, though.
0: Uh, I'll ask you later.
1: Okay. Let's see if this
0: works. Hey, you can't look. Right. Right. Well, yeah, you can look. Just keep it up. Do you guys see that? Yeah, I see it recording. No. What is it? Psst, hey, it's Tanner and Hinted again. Sorry, you had to be there to get the super secret surprise with all its details. The surprise will be revealed to the rest of the world soon. Don't worry, but uh, you probably get a little hint of it later in the episode if that helps. Uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm going to skip you ahead a bit to the opening of the serious part. <laughs> wow. Jack, nice. tell us about the topic.
1: This is, uh, we're doing, so th- in this sort of podcast mini-series, we're connecting with that Apple theme a little bit that we're talking about. So this is Apple. Very clever. I think Chris came up with that. Thanks for, uh, he he was just spitting them off. Puns galore when we were going through this. But this, this is a part of, we're doing a, Kind of a, a bit thematic thing related to fruit stuff, and we're gonna really shape our conversation around that. So this is the first topic, which is going to be—it's—it's uh, it's actually referencing a, a song by Jay Z. Um, it's—it's called New York. When not uh, laugh, that's not okay. Yeah, it's—it's it's, he's brethren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's fine. It, and it, there's this brief little line that he says, "Don't bite the apple, Eve." And talking about the Big Apple being New York and, like, you don't want to get into this. It's just beautiful. I don't recommend listening to it, but it's beautiful. Don't listen to it. It's really good. Don't ever listen to it. So this is our first one. And today we're going to be talking about the effects of sin. And that's where we're going to talk about Don't Bite the Apple Eve, um, the the fall account of Adam and Eve and how it affects our worldview, whether original sin affects us today, and how we should think about this kind of weird specific thing with generational sin.
0: Excellent. So to start off, we do want to read the passage. So we uh, want to read the creation account. You probably grew up with it. I got it almost every night. Dave.
1: Good refresher. Go ahead. Take it away.
2: Take it away. Tiamat and Marduk, the sage of the gods, came together, joining in strife, drawing near to battle. He let fly an arrow and pierced her belly. He tore open her entrails and slit her innards. He bound her and extinguished her life. He threw down her corpse and stood on it. He split her into two like a dried fish. Just like mom used to say every (laughs) night. One half of her he set up and stretched out as the heavens. Thus, the other half of her he stretched out and made it firm as the earth. When Marduk heard the god's speech... He conceived a desire to accomplish clever things. I will bring together blood to form bone. I will bring into being Lulu, whose name shall be Man. I will create Lulu Man, on whom the toil of the gods will be laid that they may rest. Mardoch said, who is the one who instigated warfare? Who made Tiamat rebel and set battle in motion? Let him who... Instigated warfare be given up, that I may lay his punishment on him. Kingu is the one who (laughs) instigated warfare. (laughs) Who made Diamat rebel and set battle in motion? They bound him, holding him before Ea. They inflicted the penalty on him and severed his blood vessels. (laughs) From his blood, he, Ia, created mankind, on whom he imposed the service of the gods and set the gods free. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that's you know, it's your mom dip- would you know crawl on your belly, gonna slit your belly. No, that wasn't. No, not for you guys. That's an no.
1: unfamiliar translation, but it's like it gets to the right, heart of it. I think that's it the still. message. Right? Yeah. No. That's
0: message. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that is uh, that is actually the Enuma Elish, which some of you guys might know that that is a creation account that we found on tablets from the time that Genesis was written. So that's all real. That's actually their creation account. And you might have heard a few pieces of Genesis in there because a lot of scholars think that Genesis was written as almost a response to this, Mm -hmm. that that they kind of play off each other in very different ways. So, you know, let us make man. He kind of says that. And so you're like, oh, and then he created the earth or the heavens. And then with the other half, he creates the earth. And so it's that same idea, but it's a different account. And I kind of wanted to show you that because it has implic Whatever you believe about how sin came in the world, how the mm-hmm. world was created, it changes the way you live. Your, it changes your worldview. So this account says, let us make man to be slaves of the gods. And I want you to hear what God says about man in Genesis 1. We're going to skip around a little bit, a little bit of Genesis 1 and more of Genesis 3. So this
2: skips around. (laughs) Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that he may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Jumping to chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Mm -hmm. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Then jumping down. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the
0: ground from which he had taken. Thanks, Dave. So you've got that. And so you heard maybe a few words that were similar. So what it says after, Let us make humans to. The last one was slaves. Hmm. And this one is to rule. Like very different ideas of what humans are for, right, in those two worldviews. Is there Mm -hmm. anything else you guys picked up?
2: Yeah. Like in both of them, humans are to be subservient to God. Yes. But in
0: one of them... Well, there's an invitation to almost be with God.
2: One of them is a very relational, loving, I'm doing this because it is what is best for you to... To be in this relationship of God and man. The other one is. I'm greedy. I'm lazy. You're going to work for me.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lazy. No it's true. (laughs) Don't think about the gods as lazy. But yeah. (laughs) And then the other thing is. Yeah that sin is natural versus sin. Breaks something about the order of how the world should be. That it was supposed to be this. But now it's this. And honestly it's our fault. That's Mm -hmm. part of the part of the story. Mm -hmm. So. When you hear those two, uh, practically, because that's like high level stuff, how does that change? What, what's the implications for if I lived out of that worldview, my life would look like this. And if I lived out of this, my life would look like this.
1: Yeah. I. Um, Dave I, usually
0: points. Yeah. When we're doing the podcast, Dave goes. <laughs> and you <laughs> can't see
1: show. all those things. Like I'm a verbal person, but Dave is nodding or yep. whatever, silently. And so I get the part of the conversation, but Dave. Dave is great. I think that that the this tells us that, like, it when you live out of these two different narratives, it, it shapes how, like, if you start from a creation within Genesis, it's, like, out of abundance, you share, and you give, and if you read through the first account, it's, like, good, 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 very good, and when you read through the Enuma, you're, like, man, we are fragments of blood and not only does it give us a very low view of ourselves but as fragments of blood we're sort of we're desiring to to serve but also we want to be where there's power we want to serve the god that's winning not necessarily the god and as you see in Christ the god that chooses to suffer and it all it all has ramifications of how you live practically i think for
0: sure yeah or even just Like there's this thing among Christians of like you see poverty, you see Mm -hmm. things that are broken and we quote Jesus like completely wrongly. That's not how he should be quoted of, you know, the poor you'll always have with you. Mm -hmm. And that's our response. And it's living out of that other idea. Like, what are you going to do? This world started bad Mm -hmm. and it's going to end bad. It's just going to be a fireball and we're gone to heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. And and the, the story of the Bible is very different. It's that the world is good. It's broken, but the idea is that creation's groaning in expectation mm. for us to fulfill our roles again, mm. right? So that sin is not just something we go, ah, what are you going to do? People are violent. People are bad. Yeah. It's, no, I actually can do something about this. I, ge- I was given responsibility in the garden. Mm. I screwed it up, and now God is inviting me to help fix that, help redeem that. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing that comes out of it for sure. How does Adam's sin affect me today? I, well, I mean, Adam and Eve, obviously, but when the Bible talks about like original sin, mm-hmm. you know that big scary word with a big O. What is okay? What does that mean, first of all? Uh, Dave doesn't know.
2: Huh? <laughs> well, it um, means that I'm I'm just naturally a sinner. I'm drawn to naturally. I'm just drawn to
0: perversions of what is good and what is the light um, so the idea is because what Adam did every generation since that has had that yeah from what birth from when they're 12 years old
1: <laughs> no age of accountability no, no. Uh, from birth let's go with that Ooh.
0: Do you sound like a Calvinist <laughs> <do you>? <laughs> brethren <laughs> 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 okay so Is it fair? This is the problem I have when I read this. Like, I I agree with it. Like, I've been taught this for a long time. You know, I'm broken because of Adam. Is it fair for God to punish me for his sin? Like, I just feel like Mm. I didn't get to make that choice. I just have to live with only bad inclinations all the time. But, like, I don't know. Maybe if I were in the garden, it would be different. I don't know. Mm. So is it fair? Why is it fair? Why?
1: (laughs) Tell. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those spaces where it's a question that's really hard to answer. Like, we admit that. But I think that when you look throughout Romans, Paul entreats us to, like, identify with Adam. Like, in Adam, all have sinned. And, like, if we're just like, that was Adam's fault. That's Adam's problem. But if we don't accept this, like, no, I am responsible. I would have, like, maybe I would have gone differently. We can do hypotheticals. But once we identify with it, like, you know what, I am like that, then it allows us to accept responsibility. And, and, and then we're just like, God, God, it's not fair, but it's right, I guess. You know? Just live in that space. Dave disagrees.
2: Uh, I don't want to come across as saying, like, I don't... Uh, I, it's an easy answer, or I don't see the the struggle and the problems with it but I do want to just respond like it doesn't matter if it's fair or not (laughs) like you know like um, one is it's also easy for me to say that I have been extremely blessed in this life I have a pretty good life which has gone pretty good for me Um, there's lots of people in the world who have been dealt a worse hand than I have Um, but at the same time it wasn't God's intention and in the midst of it, everybody, no matter what they've been dealt, God is working at redemption. Uh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess where I just is like, you know, in the old movies, how like one warrior is like two warriors will fight and that represents the whole armies. You know what Mm. I'm talking about? Like Achilles will fight the big dude or whatever. And you're like, yeah, my guy won or David and Goliath sort of Mm. thing. And it's like, but I didn't choose Adam to be my guy. Mm. You know, like, yes, I am dealt the consequences of if he wins or loses and he lost, but like, I didn't, I just was in that army and I didn't have a choice. Like, that's, Mm. that's where it's like a sticking point where maybe it makes sense if like Adam's the best of us, you know, like the Achilles, like if we actually believe Adam and Eve, they're the best of us. If there's anyone that could do it. Right. There are, there are seven foot massive champion (laughs) and and they didn't do it. Mm. So That's sort of, but I didn't choose it, so it's not fair. I think. (laughs) Also, though, like if if Adam
2: sinned and that was the end, and we and just all of us were just living out life until punishment, that would kind of be the case. But the fact that we do have the opportunity to turn it around in this life makes it a little bit easier.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So what about? Okay. So say we agree with it. What about it chafes you the wrong way? Cause like we could agree with something and then still admit like, this isn't like a fun thing to believe sometimes. And then you could say what's good about it. If right. You want. Right. <laughs> Cause I, I guess it's good, but I don't know.
1: There, one of the reasons why I think it's good and like original sin is good. You can quote me on that. No, don't. <laughs> that, wh- one reason send why the mic, right. to the mic. one reason that I say that is because it helps me understand the human heart. Like, when you look throughout history and people do wrong things and they're trying to correct it and they're like, maybe if we were more civilized, maybe if we were more smart, that's not a proper way of English, but maybe if we're more educated. But in the end, it's like there's a there's a problem within us.
0: So you, you like it in the sense that it explains what you see out yeah. there.
1: It reveals to me, I think that this is how the world is. It sucks, but this is how it is.
0: Right. Do, do, you, do you like it? it cool with it?
2: i concur with jack
0: Uh, for once (laughs) all right now let me give you (laughs) because i don't know like i i'll assent to it i agree with it but i do have trouble with it Mm. like okay well one thing is the idea of little kids being sinful Mm. that's problematic and there are people with theologies where they go babies might go to heaven and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) might you want to take that word out and they're like if we are all sinful, hmm. like, I believe it's a merciful God. I believe he'll yeah. send the babies to heaven, but I don't know that. And it's like, yeah,
1: hmm. no,
0: that's not okay. But that's part of that idea, right? No, you don't think it's part of that idea? <laughs> I think it's part of that idea. <laughs> and then, hmm. uh, I don't know. Mostly that. I don't <laughs> like the idea. That, and I don't like the idea that someone made my choice for me. Yeah, Like, I am born into an individualistic culture Yeah. and I can't help that. And maybe if I were born in the East, yeah. I would be like, okay, it makes sense. He made a bad choice and I'm affected by it. So, you know, cause there's those family ties, right? I'm not there. And it's like, I want that choice and mm. that bothers me. So I think that that does chafe me the wrong way, but hmm. in the end, okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so more specifically, do you think that generational curses yeah. or collective punishments, and not Adam, like more specific things, I, oh, I want a show of hands. Do you guys think that still happens today? Do you guys think hands, that generational curses huh. for like, I curse you and your family for five generations, God does that. Do you think that happens today or... No, Chris is doing this. Yes, yes
1: for. Interesting.
0: Jen Lett said yes. Get her for that. <laughs> 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 Write it down, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Write it. Write down. <laughs> 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 down who said yes. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> said that to the elders.
1: That is super cool. Go ahead, Tanner. Do yeah. you think that? Uh, let's keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> I think my my answer so far. Oh,
0: quick. Yes. No. Okay. This, yes, no. this is my this my answer. This is my answer. It's Dave or Jack. I'm usually mad at Dave. It
1: is, this is my answer. It is insensitive to say yes, but it is unbiblical to say no. Whoa. Mic drop. <laughs> mic, mic drop. Right? Yeah, two right? <laughs> Double mic drop.
0: <laughs> Split. It I'm open. not fleshing
1: that out at all.
0: What about you, Dave? Yes. That's just how Dave Dave's Tanner described. Tanner give your way in. I don't know because <laughs> you do have it in the Bible right you've got like an Achan mm-hmm. who steals the treasure and hides it under his tent and then the camp of Israel says your family is also dead mm-hmm. because of this or stoned or swallowed, by your- swallowed by- was that a different story. It's possible he was swallowed by the earth. So that that would be God saying it instead of us. That would be even more clear, right? That that was God's generational curse. Or you've got stories like Noah where one of his sons, Ham, sees him naked in the tent and exposes it and tells his brothers all about it and blabs about it, and God says, "Cursed be you," to his son, Canaan, yeah, no, no, no. and says, "You are going to serve your brothers from now on." And that that's generational. But then it's like when it happens today, when we were bringing African slaves mm-hmm. over to the New World, we justified that system by saying that's the curse of Ham. Ham's descendants went to Africa. They're serving their brothers. Like, that, that is how we justified that for so long because we said generational curses exist, so this makes sense with the order of things. What can you do about it? Right? That was Christian pastors saying that. Mm-hmm. Or you've got the haiti earthquake for example um you guys might have remembered that comment when that happened but when haiti was founded as a country people believe some people believe this story that the founding rebels sacrificed to a pagan god in order to get the power to be released they made a pact with the devil as the founding sin of that country and that's how they were able to and i mean they did worship foreign gods. So maybe something like that happened. We Mm. don't know. Like that's, that's hearsay, but you had when the Haiti earthquake happened, people say, this is because they made a pact with the devil. Mm. Look at Haiti. It's the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. It's always been poor. It's always done poorly. And then that happens to it. So generational sin. That is hard for me to accept. Mm. Do you think just, we can't label it because we don't know we're not God. Yeah. Like is that is that a cop out a little bit?
1: Uh like it's oh man, Tanner. I'm so it. good at this.
0: Go, Dave. Yeah. Go, Dave.
2: No, I was just saying I'll I'll take it.
1: <laughs> like you'll take the question?
2: <laughs> no, like yeah. I'll I'll
1: run with that cop-out. Yeah. It you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just that it's not like that's why it's insensitive for me to say yes. And but I can't, I can't live in a way where the Bible stopped after revelation was, was written down. I must see God continuing to work in the world in spite of me trying to contain him and saying, oh, no, like God only did that in the Bible. Like, he's done with that now. He doesn't, but I'm like, no, God still operates in his spirit throughout the world. And that means he's working. And that means that he's making the decisions that are Just in his sight. and So
0: you think he's doing it, but nobody could ever label it as such because then they would be speaking for God. So when a nation crumbles, you go, maybe that was that, but I can't say it. Everybody just says, hands off. We're not the Bible anymore, so we can't label it. I got him in a
1: corner. Yeah, I'm backed up. (laughs) You know, I can't. I'll
0: say what I'm okay with because I don't know about that. There's the idea of active wrath and passive wrath. So active wrath is God, you know, pressing the smite button on his keyboard, right? And, you, you know, the piano falls on your head. <laughs> that, that is active wrath. And then there's the, idea of, there's the idea of passive wrath. That It's like Romans 1. People rebelled. They started worshiping images mm. rather than the creator God. And God gave them over to their passions. Mm. That God said, you want to sin against me? Enjoy. And and so that's kind of the idea of, and that's, I'm much more okay with that where you think of generational sin. You think of my grandfather made some terrible choices, for example, and my family was affected by that. Hmm. And I live with that choice, whether it's alcoholism, Hmm. whether it's poverty, whether it's temper or something that somewhere along the line, someone made a terrible choice and God said, you're going to have to live with it. And your sons are going to have to live with it. And your daughters are going to have to live with it. And five generations from now, they're still going to be dealing with your sin. Like that, I see that. I see that in myself. Do you guys think that happens?
2: Yeah. I mean, you you described it pretty well. I mean, also just nothing we do in this world doesn't affect other, <laughs> right? Like, everything trickles down everything
0: right we want to believe we're all islands and that our yeah. actions don't affect other people but, but they always do yeah
1: jack no i believe that like when i see my some people that are related and they get angry i'm just like oh i'm like that like that you're, could happen you're to me Irish. yeah it's the irish thing and there's other consequences to being irish too but <laughs> we don't need to get into those that's why it's Apple Weekend, not Potato Weekend. Sorry, it's, I'm, still, I'm still a little bitter. I'm still a little bitter about it. Wow, again.
0: I didn't know you were going that way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: didn't expect that. Yeah, you thought I went the natural way, but no, not, not me, man. Okay.
0: <laughs> the famine of millions. This is the stuff that's we edit he's out. That's what talking about. <laughs> this is all the stuff we edit out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, sometimes I keep it in. But, uh... Okay, okay, then I'm going to challenge you on that. If you believe that, right, uh, passive wrath, that things, do you think if my granddaddy sinned against somebody else's granddaddy, Hmm. so stole his land, and that family grew up poor, and my family grew up rich, so I benefited from my granddaddy's sin, but somebody else was affected, do I have responsibility to deal with my granddaddy's error. Like, do I got to clean up that mess? Am I guilty for it?
2: Um, no, you aren't guilty of it. Um, that's I'm guilty the, of Adam's? You don't have the responsibility of being like, Ooh. I... <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> you're not responsible in the sense that you are guilty of that wrong, but you do have the responsibility because if you are a follower of Jesus, his way is to... Reach out to those that have been downtrodden, who have been wronged, yeah. and to do what you can.
0: But do you have, like, a specific responsibility outside of the general, I need to love everybody? Like, a more, I need to actually love that family.
1: Hmm.
0: More. Like, go out of your way and... Do you think so? Oh, yeah, are you go going to...
1: You can go. I, there's... When... As after original sin happens in Genesis 4, like, the next story, it just sees how sin expands when... Cain murders Abel, right? And it just, like, Cain asks the question to God that I've been wondering, like, God asks, where's your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? And I think, like, throughout all of history, we see that callous indifference about, like, I'm not responsible. I wasn't the one that acted. For
0: someone I sinned against, in the case of Cain. Right. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. and But, yeah. But what happens is, like, it just leaks and we we don't want to claim responsibility for anything and even in the garden when like when when the man and the woman when they send it was like it was just blame shifting right like
0: yeah I want to move on from this point because we do have a final point that I want question I want to get to Hmm. but I will say uh, this is controversial this has implications for Canada this has implications for every single person in this room who's a Christian Uh, And and we kind of all know that issue. It's the First Nations issue that, well, I did not do that. Mm. Well, the church did that. And the church was very involved. Well, it was the Catholic Church. Well, it was the United Church. Uh, And the Anglican Church. All right, guys. (laughs) We get it. The brethren are innocent of everything. (laughs) I actually agree with that. But still, (laughs) we got to help out the lesser denominations. (laughs) I'm just joking. No, we we are culpable for that in some way. And I think that's something we all actually have to chew through uh, in a way that maybe we actually need to talk about a little bit more later. Because that's something, you know, the Truth and Reconciliation Project had four calls to action for churches. Hmm. Does anybody know one of them? I didn't until Ivy told me. Right? And so I would say we got to ask some questions about if the the history of man is blame shifting, Hmm. I think we have to ask some serious questions about that. But let's get to the last question, Sure. which is, what responsibility do I bear for not my family's sin to someone else? So not stealing the farm of somebody else, but my grandmother, grandfather messing up big and it going down and down the generations. What is my responsibility there to fix that to? Hmm. I don't know. What, what is your responsibility in that case?
1: <laughs> I, like, the the verse that, yeah, you know, just gentle point, hey, um. That one comes for, when you look at that that Exodus passage, right? Exodus twenty verse yeah, five. Uh, and I could read it. You could keep talking. Right, Tanner will point it out. But actually, yeah, you might as well read it so I don't butcher okay, it. Okay. Thanks, Tanner.
0: Uh, it's in the Ten Commandments, five and six. T- you shall not make an idol for yourself, etc., etc., etc. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should read about Mark too. <laughs> no, um, uh, but showing. Oh no. <laughs> but show in love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's a big verse about generational sin.
1: Yeah, it it shows how it can be reversed when, because of those, like, it'll, that generational sin, I think that that passage is saying, is it'll persist when the generations persist in hating God and not being a part of how he sees and views the world and wants you to interact with it. But of those who love me, he's like, This is good. And for a thousand generations, he wants to understand that, like, the particular of the sin will be overwhelmed by how much you love and how much you, when you you love God. Right.
0: And, And getting real about it, I think each of us knows what our family's sin is. Every single person here has a generational sin. And you guys are old enough. Honestly, in high school, I don't think you see it. I think you think you're different than your parents. Mm. You still really believe that. And you guys are coming to the age, and especially some of you guys who are getting married and stuff, where you're like, I am my father. Mm. I am my mother in so many ways, in good ways. I mean, I am my father and mother in so many wonderful ways, but I also have their sins. Mm. And that affects me in a generational sense. So I think one of the implications is, We got to take this seriously. Hmm. Like this isn't a sin like another sin. This is your family's sin. And so it's going to take a little bit more to break it. I think because, you know, I I don't have kids yet. But when you start having kids, you start thinking in terms of legacy that I am now passing on something. And that's scary. Hmm. And that starts now for you guys. That starts now for me. To ask big questions about if I have generational sin, what am I doing to change that? Mm. And one of the biggest things we can do is I actually believe that if I fall in love with Jesus and he Mm. covers my sin, he will show love to a thousand generations. Mm. Like that generational sin might exist, but it is so trumped. He's the word trump. I try to stay away from that word. It'll be a new verb soon. (laughs) It is so broken. It is so shattered by God saying, yeah, yeah, three or four generations, but a thousand Mm. generations just turn to me. Mm. And I love that. That's the promise of Jesus. That's the promise of the New Testament is whatever generational baggage you have, a thousand generations versus three to four. Mm. And I think that's something we have to think about taking it seriously. But also the hope of I can leave a different legacy. Mm. I can break that. I mean, maybe not completely. I don't know anybody who's broken it completely, but I can change the pattern of my kids, you know, my grandkids. That's pretty cool. Mm. Any thoughts, Steve?
2: No, I think you said it. I would just be copying you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I should let you talk first. Oh, yeah. So that is some deep thoughts and we'll give you some application after we finish this to, to think about that. But to end, we want to end with some shout outs. Yeah. Does any of you guys have a shout out for somebody you want to be like, whoop, whoop, Does that somebody make who didn't make it to YWAX, You want to be like, I love you, Bob, or somebody? Give it. You can yell it out. Nobody's going to yell out a shout out,
1: right? Because they, they this w- is your
0: chance to get famous. <laughs> we have like 30 listeners. <laughs> Josh Duen. Love that guy. Duen. Josh. <laughs> All right, Anybody Josh. Yeah. Jesse DeCano. Jesse okay. DeCano. Love that guy. You guys will be taking him home on a calendar. Love that guy. <laughs> Anyone else? Shout out to the Bachelor Party. Okay, cool. I don't know what that means, but I love it. I'm gonna get in trouble when I find out what this is. <laughs> no, there's
1: there's a few bachelor parties happening tomorrow, and so hey, that will be a awesome. part of it. But yeah, nice. it'll be good. good.
0: I want to give a big shout out to Cassie, mm-hmm. who's not with us, and who Jackson tells me, and I think he was just telling me sweet nothings, but that <laughs> she, that she listens to the podcast yeah. and she's heard she's heard all of them. Yeah. So she's gonna be psyched that her name is mentioned. Mm. And I feel like we gotta get her a calendar.
1: Totally. <laughs> Well, will have all the people sign it that are in it on their she, on their she months and stuff. She doesn't have enough brethren in her life. Yeah, totally. But Cassie, like seriously, thank you for your faith and yeah. the way that you're an encouragement right now. I think that's super
0: Dave. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dave. He's the best. Uh, well, we're gonna sign off. I'm Tanner Hoffs. I'm David Short.
1: I'm Jackson O'Brien.
0: And We will see you next time.